and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Maybe I've Said Too Much, a slightly brand new internet podcast where we hope to fill your ear holes with entertainment and knowledge and manage to keep your attention long enough to get through the third episode. My name is Mike Laffey, and I'll again be your host and guide on this trip of Maker Madness. As always, I'm joined by my podcast brothers, Joel Crawford and Izzy Swan. Gentlemen, good to see you. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Oh, you didn't have a choice. I didn't. I didn't. I got kicked out of my house, and 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 they said, go out into the world and make money through the ways of podcast. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Did you say making money? <laughs> we haven't gotten quite that far yet. We, we haven't gotten that. Izzy, how are you doing? Uh, good. Real good. I, I, I got some tattoos today. The first, the first tattoos I've had in 20 years. Yeah, can you make that, about that? Can you make that naked lady wink? I can't, not yet. I have to be a, another. Give me another fifteen years of age, and I've got that covered. So awesome. And the belly dancing lessons are coming good. They're not bad. That, They're that not bad. Before, that wasn't part of this conversation. Sorry. Yeah, I, I no, I moved on from <laughs> belly dancing to the. I, I'm learning. I'm now learning the tango. So. <laughs> yes. The follow part, not the lead. Well, I can guys, um, I can do both. I uh, just uh, it's it's good to uh, to be back. Uh, our third episode. Um, I've gone back and listened to the first two, and I'm pretty sure we don't have anyone listening to this one based on those. But uh, for those of you that are still hanging in there, we appreciate it. <laughs> so well, um, I didn't think just, we were really here for them. Aren't we here just because we all like the sound of our own voice? Oh, I like the sound of your voice. Uh, I mean, oh well, thank you, Mister Laffy. Joel doesn't like anything. No, so. I, I I hate it all, and I'm forced to be here. Hi, everybody. Yes. Hey. Um, uh, real quick, a couple of things. Just uh, you guys can check us out. Uh, we have an official websitey thing. Um, we're at maybe I've said too much dot com. You can spell that wrong if you like. We got them all. Uh, take you all to the same place. Um, check us out on the Twittering thing, uh, there at, at maybe podcast. We're also on Instagram at the same. So, uh, those things will be useful for the quiz later on. And also if you want to be able to submit some questions, talk to us about some thingies, um, you know, get some content up for us to discuss. We are happy to hear from you. Um, so stop by the site, hit us up on Twitter. Um, we've got Joel watching that stuff constantly and, uh, picking out the best comments to i don't know turn into show content but uh guys what have you been up to i um actually i was going to say that it was earlier in the day that mike you had said that anybody that both uh that, that goes to our website and subscribes to us on instagram and goes and follows us on twitter you will buy them a beer isn't that correct I, uh, a small beer, <laughs> very <laughs> small beer. Yes. Thimble beer. <laughs> yes. I will buy them a flight and you I will, will, you will mail it to them in an envelope. So what was, I'm sorry. What was the question again? Um, I, uh, I think, uh, we were just kind of wondering what you've been up to and, uh, What's been going on since the last time we spoke? Uh, so everything's been going well. It is summertime again. We're a little bit slower than usual, but it's given us time to kind of play in the shop. And uh, this is the time to kind of uh, suss out our thoughts and imagination and um, 
It's it's exciting. It's good times. It's uh it's always a little crazy because you're wanting to do great things and so you make a bunch of prototypes and and because we manufacture, we our prototypes aren't just one of them. We need to be able to make it. So uh so yeah, so it's 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 fun time. So it's I have nothing to complain about. It's a good, beautiful weather this year. It's been cool in spring, which isn't normal for Georgia. Usually, yeah, it's that's uh, armpit of the south. I, I'm in North Carolina, and it's been. Um, we actually, someone had said something about possibly turning the heat on this last weekend. <laughs> which, yeah, I'm originally from upstate New York, and that's a completely blasphemous statement in my household. So no one is allowed to touch the heat particularly after april and that's just ridiculous so but um izzy what uh what you been up to dude besides tattoos and losing about i don't know what'd you say 80 pounds dropping so yeah. far yeah so far God. yeah i feel bad for the people that don't get to see you while we record because you sir he's a good looking man look marvelous <laughs> why why thank you mr leffy you're not so bad yourself why uh, I, you know, I, it's been interesting. I was at the Home Depot. Um, there's a Home Depot event that Home Depot put on, obviously. Went to that, and then I came home and got decided to get violently sick, so I did that for a week. I did get to have my very first ice bath in the ER. That was entertaining. When I say entertaining, it really bites. Try to avoid it if at all possible. God, and it just sounded like it sucks. It does. It does. And then um, I just we're start actually just started feeling a little better and decided that now is the time to get uh, some tattoos I've been putting off for a while. So I, I have visions of so raisins. And uh, <laughs> as far as in the shop goes, not a whole lot's been happening. Uh, just a bunch of stuff planning for the move and. Um, Getting ready to fire up a couple of projects. I went and picked up some uh, Purple Heart and some Paduke and a few other little interesting species of wood for a couple of projects I have coming down the pipe. And um, that's that's that. Getting ready for the getting ready for the future. Yes, this last weekend I was asked to build a church pew from a picture. So the when I asked him for measurements, I knew it was in trouble because I said, "How tall is the seat from the ground?" And he said, two and two thirds iPhones." <laughs> was the measurement I got. So two and two thirds iPhones. Now the problem is, is that, you know, as you may be aware, the iPhone, there's been several iterations of, so <laughs> we, we, you know, is it a four? Are we up to the five S? Is it a seven plus? You know what? So I was just like, all right. So I had to load up the photo into uh, Photoshop and start doing the whole pixels equals inches thing to try and get all that worked out. So that was a <laughs> that was a whole lot of fun. Um, but yeah, just another one of the reasons I don't do this for a living. <laughs> I, I really wanted the story to end with. So if anybody wants to buy a bench that's about 11 inches tall and about <laughs> three inches wide, just let me know. Uh, yes, it's like a it's like a bird feeder. <laughs> right. <laughs> but a little bit better, but only um, slightly. I've, I've built a few pews in my life, and I will tell you that the average height is between 18 and 19 inches to the top of the seat. Yeah, no, this wasn't that. This thing was actually three foot tall to the back of it, and the seat top was 13 and a half inches after we found somebody in South Carolina with a tape measure. So, Wow, that is really close to the ground. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, you know, it might have been, uh, maybe it was a church back in the 1800s when human beings were smaller. I'm not really sure, but he wanted to. Uh, he bought a new house and wanted it replicated. So he's just like, hey, I got this picture. 
and here's a shoe next to it for scale. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> And the worst part is he's got to drive up from South Carolina to pick up these things. And I have no idea what he's going to think before. So fortunately we've been friends for a long time. And if he hates them, he'll, he'll at the very least, he won't mind the price because I'm <laughs> giving them to him as housewarming gifts. So it's hard to complain well, about free, but I can find a way. Yeah. Well, that's probably true. So, and you haven't done anything. I mean, I, I know that we're contractually obligated to speak about your laser. Um, so let me go ahead and get that plug in. You didn't, ooh, uh, ooh, did you yes, let's talk about that? the laser. Oh, yeah. So, you, don't have to, you don't have to egg me on. Yeah. Well, no, we'll, t- we'll do, we could talk about the laser some other time. It's good. I haven't, <laughs> no. I haven't, it's, it's, uh, I've, I've named it Izzy, of course. Yes. So it's Izzy the oh. laser. So, Mike, so you are your narrow second. Um, the, you can't uh, name a laser I, Laffy. It just tell us, no one's going to take that seriously. Tell us about your <laughs> um, your adventure with printing, or rather, burning um, the the Firefly, the, Ser- the Serenity Firefly. So, there's a very talented artist somewhere along the line that I stole an image from. Um, <laughs> only, only for, only for personal use, and and I appreciate him putting that out there in the world. And one of these days, as soon as I can figure out what his scribble means, I'm going to send him a thank you note. Um, but the, he did a great technical drawing of Serenity, which is the ship in the very short-lived Firefly series that was on Fox, and uh, and it's a cool-looking ship, and it's it's a series that won over the hearts and minds of many. And uh, I displayed it just for fun because I, I did the schematic, basically using the laser as a plotter. And um, because you don't you don't have different colors, you just have basically there's the light wood, and then when you burn it to the dark wood. And so I made a bunch of different little things. I have I have a I have um, actually by the time this comes out, Peter Brown will have had his now and he he immediately requested after I did a, a series of uh, patents on hand planes uh, he he I am me in Facebook into Peter Brown of the I will epoxy everything as long as it stands still long <laughs> enough fame uh, and said hey can you get me the patent of something and can I buy it from you and I said sure uh, what would you like and he said toilet paper I have a spot in my bathroom and right now as this is being broadcast I assume because I shipped it out yesterday uh, that there is hanging a wooden plaque with a patent for toilet paper and uh, in his bathroom. So I've been playing around with signage and things like that. The, the easy stuff for uh, for lasers. So it's it's just it's an easy thing to do. You have you know it's, you basically treat it like a printer. I'm sure people were doing that with dot matrix when but it first came out. Laser. <laughs> it is. Laser. It is. Still looking for named dolphins. Izzy. A laser named, named Izzy. Izzy. Izzy the laser. Well, I'll uh, I'm going to use that as an opportunity for the worst segue that anyone has ever heard but um because uh naming things uh, was sort of one of the things that we wanted to talk about today and and uh marketing um branding those type of things and uh, i get to be sort of a spectator here because i don't have a brand you guys both do so um although i have a terrible last name so it kind of sticks but I, there's no there's no way for me to monetize my 
awful lineage. <laughs> I don't know. Point. I was I was thinking about your last name. You could you could work your last name into an awful lot of songs. <sighs> yes. Yes, you, you really can. can. When you start thinking about it, you know, Laffy just works. You know, I mean, for instance, oh, Laffy boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. You know, I mean, this is it just works. That might actually be that song. I, I've never, I don't, I don't I haven't heard the lyrics, but that might be where it comes from. But um, now, so Izzy, you started off with, I mean, obviously you had companies before you became sort of a YouTube content creator but you started off with think woodworks and that sort of slowly evolved into other things what uh what gave you the idea behind you know one to even come up with a brand first of all like what was the what was the thought process besides hey i just need something to open these videos with like was there a was there a idea behind wanting to create a brand and then what got you to where you were well, with what think, you think Woodworks was easy, and I mean, when I when I when I started doing YouTube videos, I was um, I, I picked a brand because everybody else seemed to be picking brands for that, and I would <laughs> I had no idea where YouTube was going, so it wasn't there was no serious forethought. Uh, think Think is. Um, uh, it comes from a quote of Socrates of mine that's very a very favorite of mine. It's just you know I, he says I can't teach anyone anything. All I can do is show them to, or teach them show them how to think, inspire them to think rather. Sorry, and um, let, if I'm going to say it, let me get it right. Uh, so I picked Think Woodworks because my whole thought my whole thought process behind was not necessarily to give everybody all the information, but to show them you can do some really cool stuff and try to make them think a little bit. Um, and then after I started growing and I started kind of branching off into other more entrepreneurial sides of what YouTube had to offer. And, uh, I went to a guy who does branding professionally and I said, Hey, listen, I'm going to start branching out more of a professional manner to some entrepreneurial stuff with, uh, using my YouTube audience and a few other things that I had going. Uh, what, what should I do here? He goes, use your name, you bonehead. You said the most <laughs> unique name I've ever heard. And, you know, so, you know, here's a bunch of money, sir. Thank you for your help. And, um, and now it's IzzySwan.com. Everything that I do from now on will be under the IzzySwan.com brand. So I am Izzy Swan LLC, IzzySwan.com. I am Izzy Swan. Nice. Yeah, it's funny because I actually, uh, all the complicated things that you built, the way I found you was corner clamps. <laughs> that was the that was the video I stumbled across, and then the second video I saw of yours was um, you yelling at people about the comments to take personal responsibility. Uh, you know, if they're going to use tools to to take personal responsibility and not just to complain about you, you know, n not wearing you know safety glasses or you know, and I was like, I love this guy, <laughs> whatever he's doing. Yes, I'll that, subscribe. <laughs> that that video has since been deleted. Thank you very much. That <laughs> In my defense, that was about eight months after I started YouTube. So, oh, it was it was my it was one of my favorite videos on YouTube ever. I'm, I'm actually a little disappointed that you got rid of it. <laughs> can I can I tell the story of how I found Izzy? Please. He was uh, I, I ran across a video that um, this guy had a table saw and he had a jig across the saw blade and the saw blade like raised like all the way up and he was spinning with a drill or by hand at that time i think a log across it and it was with a drill it was with the drill and he was shaping this log with a 10 inch uh table saw blade and flying chips must have been going about 400 miles an hour all over the room and uh, i thought this guy 
is nuts. Who in their right <laughs> mind would even build that contraption? I have to subscribe to him now, if not for any other reason, to see his eventual and gory death, which is wonderful. But since since I've been entertained and uh, enlightened with everything I've seen, so it has been a it has been a uh, it was a good press of a button. I don't feel bad about that time at all. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, it's you know, it's ironic. I mean, here you got this guy that's building freaking dinosaurs that move with, uh, you know, Makita drills, and uh, <laughs> and I found him for a you know a scrap wood pair of corner clamps. I was like, oh, that's uh, I don't know why I didn't think of that. You know, and then <laughs> here he is, just a few years later, and he's you know he's basically moving city blocks with uh, twelve volt batteries. So you know, <laughs> it's. <laughs> I think I think that so, um, if if there you guys is, keep keep going, man, this is awesome. I love this podcast. No, <laughs> no I, actually, I'm, I'm getting a little dizzy to be honest with you. I'm getting a little tired of the drills. I I, I like the drills. It's good, but it's it's honestly, it's 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 like it's like okay, sure, you're Houdini, and that's everything's amazing. Don't get me wrong. You know, everybody just loves your crap, but. But you know that's old hat. Like Houdini did the metamorphosis <laughs> trick, like like a hundred times. You need to think he he's underwater. He's there, and he's probably thinking, "I gotta I gotta do something new." I guess, what, what what do you have for jigsaws? Can you make jigsaws? Can you can you like start cutting oh, down don't, trees? You, you give me any tool, I can make the safety drills buttholes, fucker. I promise. If you if you can, I, what I'd really like to see is you turn a jigsaw into a lawnmower. Like that's what I'll be impressed. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, Mr. Laffy. So. Uh, I like how Joel tells you, uh, you know, just when we got Izzy to subscribe to our podcast, Joel tells him it's time to move on to something it's time new. To move on. We just Sorry. lost our only subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> Within the same paragraph. Within the same nice. paragraph. Yes. Well, it's you know, it's it's obviously we, we feel comfortable enough to to both belittle and en- enlighten our os- audience on all our fatal flaws. <laughs> well. If it if it makes them feel any better, we hate ourselves just as much. Right. So <laughs> there's no feelings will be spared. In the next podcast, we're going to be going after the listeners. <laughs> we can't no, wait I to still... take your comments and use them against you. I, I, if the audience is paying attention here, pay, pay close attention because we are going to have guests in the future, and we don't really care about their 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 stature or who they are. We're going to pick <laughs> on them the whole time. <laughs> So, just fair warning, any guests that say yes. It's like, uh, we're, we're basically doing the roast of podcasts. I gotta, we gotta, you should build us a dais, Izzy. That should be your right. next product. Take some of that Paduke and make like uh, the ones that uh, Sammy Davis Jr. used to stand behind. I want to get Jimmy DeResta on here and spend an hour doing nothing but picking on him about axe handles. So... <laughs> well, that's all the internet ever did. So that's, that'll be, he'll be in his comfort zone. Right. He'll, he, he'll be ready. Yeah, we'll have yeah. a special show. Maybe I've trolled too much. So, so Izzy, can I ask you a question about? Um, since we are talking actually uh, about marketing, or were um, <laughs> when you were working for because because YouTube was not your full time gig until relatively recently, and when you were doing design yeah. and things for that for furniture company, um, going back farther, and correct this if I'm wrong or have mixed up or anything but how how did you in that kind of business where you're doing a business to business relationship because you guys weren't selling direct to to consumer right no no so you're you were selling to storefronts 
and and uh, and yeah. furniture marketers. Yeah, I did. I did some, um, you know, uh, direct to customer stuff when I first got started. You know, I, like I, most guys who get into woodworking, I wanted to build the one of a kind, amazing, you know, thirty, fifty thousand dollar pieces and sell them all day long. Uh, but the reality of it is, those pieces are few and far between. And in the interim, I have kids to feed and families to take care of and bills to pay, and you know, so there's that kind of stuff. So how do you? So, how did you approach businesses with that kind of, you know? Uh, it wasn't, you know, first of all, when I, whenever I talk to people about business, I always, you know, I'm, I'm product strong. I like to, I like to talk about niche marketing. I like to talk about niche product. You know, if you have something that nobody else has and people want it, the sell part, the marketing part becomes a lot easier. You know, so um, if you're selling ice to Eskimos, the marketing is still very possible, just a much more difficult and a lot more expensive. Better have some damn good ice. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I got into uh, when I first, when I very first broke into the world of um, of furniture, I was actually selling stuff on on eBay back in the day uh, to you know supplement what I wasn't selling in the real world, and. Uh, I found a guy, uh, actually a guy found me and that kind of struck, struck off a uh, relationship and worked for him quite a bit, uh, you know, professionally, business to business. And then um, I kind of learned the ropes that way. Uh, and then I just realized very quickly that all I needed to do was to spend half my time in the shop and the other half of my time taking photographs of my work and making phone calls to businesses and showing them what I did and negotiating pricing. and you know, beating the pavement and really finding that place where what I did belong, you know, cause what I did was very geographically, you know, specific. So it, it took a little time of hunting to find the areas that might, what I, my furniture would work well in. But once I knew those areas, it took some homework, it took some time, you know, know you understand your demographic. Uh, but once I knew that time, it was really easy to just approach companies that were along the same type of line, genre, rustic furniture, and uh, show them what I did and said, hey, you want to buy some stuff? And uh, that's what I did. A lot of pavement pounding, you know, years and years of pavement pounding and phone calls and, um, you know, bust, so, bust and butt. So as a, as a, like, what percentage of time would you say that it was, you know, where were you at on... Um, you know, in your given day, would you start making calls in the morning, then go in the shop and then make some more calls in the afternoon? Or was this something that you could, you know, just kind of let like, like drive itself? Uh, well, a lot of my time was spent uh, initially when I first got things fired up, I would say 60% of my time was spent, you know, hunting down jobs, hunting down work. Uh, after I'd been in it for a few years, probably four, four probably three, four years into it, I'd, I'd built a really nice client base. Um, and at that point, finding new clientele wasn't a high priority. More filling orders was the priority. Uh, so it, it, it switched from quite a bit from that side to 80% shop time uh, or 80% shop time, design time, 20% business. And when I say that, I mean, you know, running the actual business part of it, you know, the keeping other designs, taking orders, making sure things are where they're supposed to be, dealing with all that business. So, which was, you know, great, but I had to put those first few years in and uh, that takes some work and effort. So, you know, uh, whenever you're starting out, it, it's always going to be 
that that thing uh, that you have to put in the effort, and that's you know, uh, I don't care what kind of business you're running unless you design a Spartan you know knife block that happens to go viral. Um, you are going to be pounding pavement, you know, and you know, kind of you had the you had that a little bit of a reverse action on that, didn't you, Joel? You had that initial success. And then you decided, okay, I'm going to do this. And then you did that, and now you're, you know, now you're doing the other side of it, where you're actually you're pounding the pavement. You're looking for the new products that are going to be hit, hit, hit items. You're making the phone calls. You're looking out, looking for those places where you can, uh, you know, sell your wares. But you, you, you're, you sell two clients. You don't do B two B. Yeah, yeah, no. It for me, it, it it was kind of, I guess it was the opposite way, and so the end result is that, um, you know, it's it it was we got great booming success that that knocked us off our feet, and then uh, and then we had to make our own gravy you know because we had a little bit of mashed potatoes every day or so but after the the newness wore off um but the rest of it you know we have to we have to work just like anybody else so we come up with products to to fill that and uh it's it is i do spend a lot of time inside my office more than the shop now you know, on the marketing side of things, there's, I see a lot more white drywall than I do, you know, steel building of the shop because it's, I have to tweak, nothing ever stays the same in marketing. You know, what's, what's good today, maybe it won't end tomorrow, but it, you need to start looking at the tweaks, um, you know, to get into those things because we do a little bit of advertising. We do a little bit of, you know, things that, that move our products along and, um, uh, and all of that requires like there's no easy answer to those things there's there it's it's just a whole bunch of testing so it's yeah so for us it's it's a it's a daily grind of getting our product out in front of people because people really like our products it's getting them to slow down and notice them uh and when they do they have a they have a good chance of of buying them so yeah so that's definitely where where we end up for 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 marketing no. is a is a daily thing. Yeah. When we were talking earlier, Mike had mentioned that he did a lot of marketing for mortgage companies back in his throughout his experience, and I'm kind of curious about what that was like on a daily on a day to day basis. Mike, what kind of things did you do that I wonder would be similar to what I did? Maybe what Joel does um, in 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 the aspect of marketing when it comes to uh, mortgages, because you know at the end of the day, marketing is marketing is marketing. So, Joel, what what kind of stuff? Or Joel, I'm sorry, Mike, what kind of stuff did you do when you're <laughs> Hey, I was just well, gonna, hey, no. I was gonna go get in bed. I, I thought I was done. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, yeah. Um, I mean, I, so uh, the mortgage business for me. I mean, we do everything online, and I don't know why my voice cracked when I said mortgage there. So I apologize. But the um, there's two different aspects of when you're in the mortgage industry, and this will be boring to people that don't do this stuff. But maybe there'll be some nuggets in there they can pull out. Um, you can either have what's known as a retail presence, where you basically you create sort of a business to business relationship with um we'll just call them vendors but you know people like um uh, real estate agents uh, uh, uh there's you know uh divorce attorneys there's all these people that you can create relationships with that can provide you people that essentially you know need a service you know say they they need the 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 a refinance done for whatever reason right so with realtors they're buying a home divorce attorneys they have you know 
um, uh, splitting up. They need to divvy up the properties. Those type of so there's a lot of different outlets, but that's really a lot of kind of rubbing elbows to find people. And then you do a good job for people and, and the word of mouth just sort of builds, you know, so it's, Hey, Joel, we did this for you. If we did a good job, if you know anybody else, you know, could you, you know, just let them know this is what we do. Um, and that, that, that little aspect of, you know, just, and, and we talked about this a little bit in our, I think our last episode is just asking for business. You know, like so many people are afraid of doing that little step and that little step does so much for people because, um, you know, if I did a good job for you, I'm not afraid or ashamed to say, Hey, you know, if you think I did a good job, don't keep me a secret. I tell everybody that, you know, this is, um, you know, you're not going to gain anything by keeping me for yourself. You know what I mean? So, um, now the other side is you can essentially buy, uh, people's information or advertise your information online where, and when interest rates for, I mean, the last 15 years, I mean, rates have just been going down. So people are always looking to refinance. You just have to kind of put the hook in the water so they can find it, you know, and then you snag them up. It's basically um, how that goes. That is more a thing of placement. So where do people go that want this service, right? So whatever that, whatever that may be, what websites do they typically go to, um, all that stuff. And then how do I get my information out in front of them in a way that, you know, makes sense to them. So you got to have a, you know, a good name that catches people's eye. Uh, good logo design works, believe it or not. Um, people will, you know, if you're, if your image looks fresh and kind of, you know, it stands out a little bit more than others, it's easier to read uh, a little bit more clear and concise. Um, we spend a lot of time just kind of simplifying things because most people in the internet world, they don't spend a lot of time making decisions, even on things as big as mortgages. Um, you know, they, it's, it's color scheme. It's the simplicity of the name. It's, you know, online reviews are huge, especially, you know, for the marketplace where we do things, they want to see, um, you know, have you done business for people in the past? And have you done a good job for those people? You know, because people that do a terrible job, the internet is not kind, you know, so it's a, uh, They'll find you out there, but um, it's a lot of search engine optimization, building websites, creating web content, you know, just kind of going through all that stuff is a lot of um, the side of things I do because I don't do the um, the rubbing elbows. The uh, I can do that. I just don't have the patience for it. I need I need a lot of I mean, you guys know me. I have ADD. So. I need a lot of interaction. So, you know, making 150 to 200 phone calls in any given day, I, I need that. You know, like I can't just go talk to two or three real estate agents and be okay with what they send me. I got to be talking to, you know, a thousand people a month. It's just, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I need that adrenaline. So, um, but yeah, that's just, I mean, the marketing side for me is more, you know, like kind of building an online presence and then working through that online presence. And that's, that's a real slow game too, man. You got to have patience because, you know, search engine right. optimization and getting your brand out there, that stuff takes a long damn time. I mean, it's six months before you end up on the fourth page of Google. You know what I mean? It's like by the time, you know, you pick a name that nobody else has. And by the time, you know, Google can just find people looking for that name, it takes a year. You know I mean? It's just, so it, it's not quick. <laughs> by any stretch, man, it's a, uh, you know, that's a, it's, it's the long, slow grind. 
One of the things that um, Joel had asked, actually, I, I had a question for you, Izzy, is when you first started doing YouTube, um, was that immediately like a thought for you, like, hey, this is going to be a business opportunity? Or was it more along the lines of, which I think is how most people do this, is, hey, this is, you know, let me just kind of share some stuff with people because I enjoy doing it. And then you catch an audience and then you realize, okay, I can turn this into something, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, it wasn't, hey, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and get a million subscribers and, you know, make all this ad revenue and then turn into a brand. I mean, what what, what kind of was the impetus for, hey, I'm going to start doing a YouTube channel. And then at what point did you realize, hey, this might actually be a business I can I can make something? Uh, well, you know, I always tell everybody I was pretty much retired when I started doing YouTube. I, I and, and that's more or less true. Um, I I moved from Michigan to South Carolina. Um, quit lifting. I used to be a lot of just do a lot of bodybuilding back then, and I quit lifting. I quit the furniture thing. I was just you know designing a few pieces here and there, and uh, really didn't need to do much of anything. Um, I was I got bored, and uh, I went through a little bit of depression. And this is kind of YouTube for me was just like, hey, I gotta pull my head out of my rear end and do something. So YouTube was kind of a way to reach out to other uh, woodworkers, you know, other people who were creating stuff, making stuff. And that was really, uh, you know, for me, that was what YouTube was initially was to show, you know, show a few things and and to uh, meet meet a few folks was the hope. And um, my my father my father always called me the pink whale. Uh, just because it's a there's a reason for it you know if you're on a beach with a bunch of really good looking dudes and you're not you're not one of the good looking dudes be the be the pink whale flapping around everybody will notice you so so people tended you know I, I was showing people stuff they hadn't seen before and people started noticing and I you know kind of goofy and um, a little offbeat a little socially weird and I think that was that that just fit really well for uh, YouTube so I started growing and I've been a businessman my whole life um, in one way, shape, form or another. So it wasn't very long before I recognized the potential for um, earning an income. Uh, you know, I, I had no idea at what level, you know, and at this point I still don't, but um, you know, why not? Why not use it as a, uh, as a, as a way to, you know, um, increase quality of life for, for myself and for the, even for the, you know, for viewers as well. I do what I, I do a lot. I try to put a lot back into the community, um, and, and give a lot back as, you know, and, and I think that's really important when we're in this type of a, uh, an environment is to do as much as we can for the community itself. Um, at least that's my, my philosophy and, uh, you know, reach success by helping others be successful. That's, that's always been a good motto of mine and it seems to have served me well throughout my life. So, um, so that's why YouTube, and uh, I guess it, it didn't take me long to recognize YouTube as a potential for uh, for generating revenue, um, for you know helping others, for growing for growing a community, for you know turning it into something. At, and I th- I don't really think I knew at what point it, it started to kind of all uh, solidify into a direction. It just kind of happened on its own. So. Yeah, and that's sort of the 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 thing I noticed is with. Uh you know, YouTube is most people get on there just because they want is it like you, they're looking for an outlet for, you know, what they do on the weekends. You know, they say, Hey, I gotta, I gotta, I'm out here doing this. You know, cameras don't cost anything these days. So I can upload this stuff and have a little bit of fun doing it. And, you know, they realize by giving things away to the community, particularly the community that you know we're all sort of a part of here that, 
the sort of tight knit maker kind of carpenter, welder, Arduino, you know, all those guys. Um, giving stuff away, you know, just kind of giving knowledge away gives a real good base unintentionally. You know, nobody ever starts out thinking, well, hey, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll make X, Y, and Z, and all of a sudden I'll have a million people and I can start selling them tools. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not a, so, but, you know, you start off going, hey, I could just give a whole bunch of sort of content away. And then, you know, hey, at some point you just kind of look at it like, you know, I mean, for our community, people ask for it, you know, like, hey, Izzy, can you do a, you know, sell me this? Or, you know, you got plans for this. You built a picnic table that fits in a shoebox. I mean, you know, so that's, um, you know, that, that almost gives it away. Joel, you're kind of on the, you're sort of on the other side of that. You just have like a freaking super awesome product that people just had to have. So, well, yeah, do you yes find yourself having to do a lot of catch up in that regard? Like, you no, know, you're no, just, because no. I mean, you had this really awesome thing. Like, is there any back end that's got to go into that afterward? Uh, so, so I, in the maker community, <clears throat> I, I get a chance to step back, um, not being a content creator currently. And I get to support a lot of people like Izzy and like our other fellow makers. And um, that's a really cool position to be in mm -hmm. because I'm almost on the opposite side where you'll take time to film a single build of something. Um, I make 300 of those items and I don't tell anybody about them. <laughs> and I, and I, <laughs> I hope that they find them. So, um, so on our side of things, it is more a, I don't know if you'd call it a more of a traditional model of business, um, as certain traditional aspects about it, but we, you know, because of that, um, I can play, I can dive a little bit in and out of, of the video world of that side of things. Um, because I, I am part of the community that, that that both enjoys watching the content and supporting the folks that do it. Um, and there are a number of ways of doing that either, you know, by buying a wrench from Izzy or by going on Patreon for the people that you, you know, just love to see their videos pop up. Um, and that's awesome because it's a cool community and, and Izzy's right. It is about community building. Um, and that's, and not to be, and while Izzy's very nice about saying it, there's also money to be had in that community um, because there, there are people that are interested in what you're doing and they may do something completely different. But, um, but you know, for example, right now there's people just love these little stupid spinners and the kids <laughs> all over the world have them and are annoying adults from coast to coast on whatever continent they're on. And somewhere, some, some person thought it was a good idea to do this as just a single project. And then another person said, well, that's really cool. And then, you know, maybe a year ago I started seeing them pop up on the maker forums and things like that. Um, and there's what's weird about this. There's like no, there's not like one spinner company. There's no like Hasbro that has the spinner, like the Cabbage Patch doll. Um, there's a whole bunch. Of, yeah, you're sh Mike Laffy right now is showing me his spinner, and that's not a <laughs> euphemism. That's really a spinner. And hey, uh, in the shape of Batman, by the way. In the shape yes. of Batman. Uh, and so, so yeah, so there's these, these. Uh, Oh God! 
there's there's these yeah i still i probably hold on somewhere on my desk the i have happy boy yeah the pipes, exactly the pipes are calling <laughs> so so uh so you have this thing where there's a community of people that are looking for a thing something that you have and you have to be able to go to them unabashedly and say hey guys i really enjoy hanging out with you but would you like to buy one of my widgets and they're like heck yeah or they might not be interested or whatever it is um so if you have a product going to that community base that supports you that supports you know that you're in whatever that is whether it's the boy scouts make something for boy scouts you know if you have a good church organization work on crafts for for the church ladies to do you know whatever whatever that that bit of marketing can do for example our business i could and and i bet you izzy will agree with me on this or i hope he would i bet you if i took uh, if I took two weeks and I hit up two places like uh, bars and restaurants and said, hey, my company makes furniture for bars and restaurants. Here's some examples. Um, and I bet you I could have new business in here in a heartbeat. But it would require my time and effort. It, that would be the community that I would go to that would appreciate this work. And I bet you anything I could get you know, for commercial furniture, that would be good in, 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 in our, you know, in our kind of dugout that we can do. Um, I could turn that into a successful facet of the business. Um, and actually coming to think of it, I, um, you gotta go, I gotta go, (laughs) I gotta go. Um, right on. Because, because there are people that make their industries that make specifically for those things. Um, and and those are things that p- people have a need for, so it's it's a it's a matter of getting out there and, and kind of hitting the ground with what you do and letting the people that is is that demographic that community know what you're making. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for what I do, you know, the the marketing piece is really, um, and, and I doubt this is different for any industry, but I mean, for me specifically, your reputation is all about the next job. So especially for me, I deal in people's, I mean, you know, I help people finance the most expensive thing they're probably ever going to buy. Now, that's not always the case, but, you know, most of the time people are trusting me with a very, very big deal and how I handle that and how I, you know, and and for me, you know, it sounds corny when you say it and, and it sounds so grossly like a salesman. I hate even doing it, but I really do enjoy what I do, like, you know, being able to talk to people that don't understand these things and kind of walk them through them, you know, that that's, I mean, it, it pays the bills, but it's also something that is fun for me. You know, it's just because I get to meet new people. I get to explain things to people that, you know, don't get them because there's no, there's no, you know, I've said before, there's no, there's no college classes you can take on how to, you know, get a mortgage. There's no, I mean, show me a class you can take to balance your checkbook, let alone, you know, how do you qualify for, you know, whatever to, you know, to explain credit to people. They don't know what the hell you're talking about. So, um, so being able to enjoy what I do gives me the reputation of, Hey, he's good at what he does. So when the next person comes along, you know, I get people, Hey, uh, you did a, you know, so-and-so told me to call you. I said, you helped him out. He's my cousin. And I, you know, I, I'm looking to do this, you know, so and that type of reputation just kind of builds on itself. And, you know, so 
being able to have not only a good product, but be able to deliver a service or a good, um, you know, in a way that gets people excited about it. You know, I think that there is a lot of, um, you know, there's just a lot of, and, and, you know, for me, I mean, you don't want to make everything about money, but, you know, when you're trying to feed, when you have a family to feed, I have, you know, I have daughters and bills and stuff. I mean, you, it has to be about money at some point, right? But, um, you know, you, you, how do you create a, you're either going to create a niche for yourself and do something that no one else is doing, um, or you're just going to do the thing that other people are doing better. You know, and that's Amen. and and both of those are completely viable. Uh, there's no oh, yeah. you you could you could make yourself sick sitting there trying to think of things that nobody else is doing. Because if it was really obvious, it would hit you right in the face. I mean, so, sometimes the inspiration does hit, and there is a product out there that you're going to make that nobody has thought of yet, and that's a possibility. But it's not a good possibility, or at least it's not it's not a likely possibility. Chances are you're doing something that somebody's either doing or there's some other product that fills that 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 you know that need at least partially. Maybe you have the better lawnmower <clears throat> in a world of, you know, craftsman lawnmowers. Um but 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 to do the product, to do the product especially locally when you have people that say, "Hey, I need furniture for you know, I need furniture for our, uh, you know, for our church um, sanctuary or, or I need it for, mm -hmm. you know, we need we need a set of stools for the school or my house needs a 13 inch <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 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 pew bench. Um, there's still a market for that kind of thing because because it allows you those people know you a people want to spend money that they can connect a story to that there's something that um that you have that they can they can do did i lose my audio can you you guys can hear me i'm sorry yeah we can hear you that's really weird okay that is weird. That we can hear him? <laughs> were, you try, were you trying to tune him out? <laughs> no, not at was, all. Not at all. He was making some good points there, is he? That, I mean, the guy might have feelings. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, did you hear me not interrupting him? I was listening to every word he said. Right. No. Right. Yes. Yeah, Sorry. Now, now I'm interrupting him. No, that's See, I okay. Was just playing, I was just playing with my fidget spinner. I figure I'd listen to it later on when I was I'm editing it. So, you know, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> I Excellent. Get all Excellent. Well, in any event, the, the 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 idea is that that you you can go out and people love. Uh, so okay, so I'll tell you a project that I'm working on. It has everything to do with marketing. So in, in this um, using the laser to draw prints uh, and basically print out things, um, there's a great guy who took all of the patents that had to do with. Uh, that had to do with uh, toy ray guns, and and I thought that was just the coolest crap ever. So I looked up all the patents and things that he had listed, and I said, I bet you I could make these really cool plaques, and then make some slight modifications to this basically uh, uh, open soft, uh, not open software, open uh, records 
illustrations that are, you know, nearly 100 years old. Some of them are in the 30s and 20s of these little toy ray guns. And then I just, I made up an Etsy store. And it's basically going to show the the end result is that the it's a... Um, it's a it's it's basically you get these top secret plans for these different types of ray guns and there's these cool little wall mount plaques and so so it's it's a they each have a cute little story to go along with them you know where they were found and and what uh you know what they were um uh you know who the, who the inventor was and what they were supposed to do and and all those things. So it's it's just one of those fun little cute catchy kind of things. Now, when you get when you get an idea like that, where do you primarily? How are you going to advertise something like that? Is that just going to be social media, word of mouth, that type of thing, or I mean, are you planning to, you know, Google AdWords or you know when 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 that concept comes to life, where, where can I buy it and how can I stumble across it accidentally to get me one? Well, so, uh, so a lot of times there are built-in platforms, um, that help you along the way. Etsy's a great one for, if you're into handmade goods, um, it's an excellent place to, uh, to, to move those items uh, and put you in a centralized location with other people that are, are interested in, um, that are interested in, in, in that type of handmade um, market. So, and then there are things like Amazon, which are bigger sellers. Uh, doesn't mean you still can't compete in there, although a lot more rules to go along with Amazon stuff. And then there, of course, there's eBay, um, which you can still find some good handmade and locally made items. Um, just by searching keywords within those three ecosystems. And then, of course, you can always go to Google. And, Mike, you were right on when you said AdWords. And and it's tough. That's the thing about spending the money on, you know, on the... On that, um, that, that figuring that out, that SEO of getting up there and listings, uh, it's really hard unless you have organic links going your way to try to build up a website and do it all on your own. Um, and it costs money. There's no way to figure out if advertising works without actually investing the money as you tweak it. So you're always losing a little bit. So if you, let's say you say, well, I'm going to advertise for, you know, $5 a day worth of clicks. Um, and some things you're going to be great at for mortgages, probably one click costs $5, um, because there's that much, maybe more, maybe, maybe more than that. I'd buy, I'd buy all of them if I could find them for $5. <laughs> right, right. But, but for like, let's say your job, you make really good, um, let's say you turn candlesticks. Um, my guess is that's probably not a market that, that Google sees a lot of competition in. So you can go to those, to like AdSense and and AdWords, uh, and you can make your listing show up um, with the right keywords and searches. And it's going to cost you a little bit of money to refine those things because maybe they're talking about candlesticks in one form or fashion, or maybe it's metal, but you only do wood. You know, you have to keep refining those things that those. W- 
you know, connecting all those dots that lead to your profit when you sell some of those candlesticks. So it's, it's a, it's a, one thing about marketing, and since we're talking about marketing, is it costs money to learn about marketing. There's no, there's very little free in the way of, of learning how to market, uh, other than the general idea. Even this, you know, even when we're talking here, um, you could tell me a product or something like this, and I say, okay, well, we can, you know, create an online presence and do this, this, and this. But even to test that theory, it's going to cost you the bucks to figure it out, at least online. The same reason whether or not you know your ad is going to work in the newspaper or the yellow pages uh, when those were important. You'd still have to run it first to see if somebody called well, and, and your shop. We, in what I do, you know, you have a a lead buy, you know, will cost the, the smallest lead buy I can get is $30,000. You know, I mean, it's just the, you, you know, and, and they might, the conversion rate on those for the number of people you actually talk to and, and that actually want to do business, I, that, that number might be zero. You know, you just spent $30,000 to find out that this guy was selling you a line, you know, now. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, when you say <laughs> $3 a click, you know, most of the things we get are, you know, $300 a click, you know, so it's like they, uh, the, the, the mortgage marketplace is, is not as forgiving. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if, so. if I said, um, if I created a campaign, which is what it's called for AdWords, mm-hmm. and I said, um, well, let's talk about bars again. Let's say I made a collapsible uh, Izzy Swan inspired uh, bar furniture that you could assemble on site, a flat pack, right? So it ships. Mm-hmm. And you're opening up a brew pub in uh, Spokane, Washington, right? That's in Washington, right? And then yes. uh, it, is, it is for the purpose of this it, conversation. It is for this conversation. So I could probably make it so that my ad showed up in Spokane, Washington. And it might cost me, in order to get that ad to that person, when they're searching for the thing you have, it, because the, the internet is a big, wide world. Mm-hmm. Um, it may cost me months or weeks of time to get those results back in to figure out how I'm doing with what I've set up for. And, and obviously, you know, the fact that it's flat pack, won't the customer's not going to, they're not going to type in flat pack. So, but that's part of your product, right? So, um, what they want is bar furniture and you can put in bar furniture, but then maybe they're not looking for flat pack. Maybe they don't want something. Maybe they want somebody local that's going to be in their area. So there's so you're just basically throwing money away. At you, that point. you are throwing money away until you find the thing that works in general. And, and I know this, this can be a little bit, this can be a little bit complicated, but it's, it's any marketing that you end up doing other than, you know, even if you're walking around town talking about your services, you still pay yourself an hourly rate somewhere in your mix. You know, when when you charge a customer, you know, to build something and you're saying, OK, I do this by the hour and this, you know, I charge $14 an hour, $18 to $45 an hour, whatever you charge to do that thing. Um, you have to think about that thing when you're also marketing. And I'm and when I asked, you know, Izzy before how much of his day that he spent you know, initially setting up his business, getting the word of mouth out there. Um, it's a substantial loss that you take on um, because it, it doesn't actually make you any money until it makes you money. 
Yeah. Well, and, and Izzy, you got. I mean, you know, you're you're involved in 400 potential products coming out at any minute, right? I mean, you've got um, that new uh, the saddle thing that you shoulder or saddle or whatever you you know. I mean, it's got 15 different names when you Google it, which ironically your thing shows up in all of them. Um, but I mean, when you come up with a product like that, and you know, all the other ones that you got, you're currently working on. What's your initial thought process on how I'm going to take this to market? Is it primarily, hey, I'm going to make a YouTube video, or how are you thinking about getting that out into the marketplace once you've got an idea that you know is shipping? No, YouTube is actually a surprisingly small part of that. What YouTube really off, what YouTube does, which is really the very powerful part, is it helps me raise search rankings. Um, if I make a video about it, I can pretty much guarantee if someone searches for straddle square, it's going to be, my video is going to be on the top page, the very first one. And that's, so that's, uh, that's great. Uh, but it really it's, you know, driving traffic to the websites is important and there's, you know, it's multifaceted. We're looking behind, you know, behind the scenes, we look at potential distribution to companies that are already, they have their, their set in place. So, I mean, there's a whole thing to it but so youtube helps with search rankings and you and it does helps do you know spur some initial sales but it's really not uh it's not the long game by any stretch um so, gotcha. so and I, I, mean, I was with something like that i mean are you you know and you know i mean at some point we we got i guess we got to get into how the sausage is made and you got some of these things aren't really fully fleshed out yet but so that product right now is it basically your idea just to make that specifically that thing just a direct to consumer um, or is the idea maybe to get it into the big box stores or, you know, sell it yeah, in like a Harbor no, Freight I, type thing or, you know. Yeah, I have, I, I avoid Walmart's big box stores like the plague. That's really, um, there's no, there's very little money to be made there unless you're, you know, bucks, unless you're seriously bucks up to start with. And even then it's a, it's a really dangerous, it's a really dangerous dog eat dog world to play in. And uh, so I, I, I try to avoid that kind of stuff in, very very seriously avoid it uh, you know as far as you know as far as the marketing aspect of, of that uh, YouTube does help you know um, but there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff that you're that you're looking at as well you know I mean we're playing long games here not 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 short stuff you know and that's that's really where when you start thinking about I don't think about the next six months I'm thinking about the next 10 years so uh, you know the marketing strategies revolve around that, around the around that aspect, and that that gets really dry and really really boring really quick when you start talking about <laughs> stuff like that. Um, you know, and I think uh, you know back to the actual, you know, attracting customers, and and I want to talk a little bit about YouTube for a minute. YouTube does this very unique thing, and I don't know that there's a lot of people that really fully understand this. Um, we give away on YouTube the most valuable thing we own. The most valuable thing I have to offer is given away for free, and that's with any YouTuber, and that's information. And uh, you know, information is quite literally the most valuable thing that a person can have. Uh, it's better than any tool. It's better than any computer program. It's better than any marketing strategy. Is it's information, and um, that's how you initially attract people to YouTube. And that's you know, and then we have I've given you all this really super valuable stuff for free, and now I've got this straddle square. I'm gonna hope to make a few dollars on or a plan set that I hope to make a few dollars on uh, so that's really you know so the marketing strategy for YouTube is to have this really great content and this good information that you give away for free 
and then you try to monetize the things that are less valuable um, and so it's kind of an interesting little world there and I, I don't think a lot of people really understand or appreciate the fact that the best stuff that you're getting you're getting for free it's new we're not charging you for it so um, and I know that there are some other business models that are similar to that that are very successful and some that are not but uh, you know back you know when you back to the, like the nuts and bolts marketing like uh, what Joel was just talking about quite a bit and what you were talking about quite a bit really flushes out a lot of the basics of marketing it's first of all knowing your audience you have to know your demographic if you don't know your demographic you're already sunk you know and whether that's whether you're making fidget spinners or whether you're making you know um, or whether you're selling mortgages or whether you're selling uh, you know um, Spartan Spartan knife blocks or not Spartan knife blocks you know knowing your demographic is the first step in a successful marketing campaign or successfully marketing any business and what Joe was just saying is sometimes it costs money to get to know your demographic and that's that's absolutely 100% true now in most cases for us makers it's a little bit simpler than that you know either we're going to a show or we're setting up an Etsy store and we're using that social media this community back to the community again that we've that is built around this makerdom and um, using that to kind of flush out ideas and to uh, drive traffic and to, and to move product um, so that community is really important building a community like that is really important not just for someone like myself but it can be important for someone like Joel as well it can be important for someone like you as well if you're you get to be known as the mortgage guy in in, in and around a community then that's just that just drives sales that's just driving sales it's driving you know clientele and customers to you so I mean that's that's something to be thinking about too when you're when your game is a product or when your game is a service is what community will you fit well in or what community can you thrive in and um, so that's another important aspect of I, I think is an important aspect of, of marketing so you know it's it's not one of those you know it, it's just not in, well unless you're Joel it's just not a um, it's not one of those easy come things that it, initially you know usually you got to bust your butt for it and I think that's really where a lot of guys fail is they're like well I'm going to go out in my garage or I'm going to go out to the shop that I rented and I'm going to build I'm going to build all these great cabinets and they're just going to sell because that, that doesn't happen if nobody knows you're building them no one's going to buy them so you have to market that that's the and for the key. maker community I, most of the guys I know they started off like you know, hey, I had my father's old table saw and, uh, you know, some tools I found on Craigslist and I started making things. And then next thing I know, people were buying them. And two years later, I, you know, decided I was going to do this part time. And then it came a full time thing. You know, it's like they they kind of find their way down the river on accident. You know, it's like uh, I, I think that that's probably the more natural sort of way of, you know, going after it than you know, hey, I'm going to be a maker tomorrow. <laughs> you know, let me put up a website and buy all the Google AdWords that exist and, you know, start making things. I don't think that that's a, um, you know, you, you got to be in it for the long game. You know what I mean? You can't, yeah. you can't expect to say, you know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with a clever name and, a, you know, I'm going to make a butcher block that, you know, only cuts apples or, you know, whatever it is. And, and you know, Next thing you know, I'm off to the races. You know, I mean, if you if you try to get into it like that, I mean, most people that do that, they just don't. You got to have that foundation to kind of work off of. There's some guy that just scrapped his butcher block that only cuts apples. 
Just because well, of you, Mike. I, I wasn't supposed to say anything. I talked to a guy about that before this. So, <laughs> but you, you didn't like him very much. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's still paying my consulting fee. Right. But you know, I just I didn't think it was going to work out. So there's a um, there's. Are you looking to do any part of that, Joel? I mean, any of the content creation or you know any of that stuff is is sort of a way to market more, or is that not something you're really interested in? So there's a weird dichotomy with. Uh, with trying to market one's products exclusively because the community won't handle that. Like the YouTube community just can't deal with that. They they don't have, they, they now get free content from Izzy Swan and, and, uh, and PewDiePie and, and Jimmy Duresta and everybody else in the world. And they can smell the sale. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, you can't, you can't just be like, Hey, this is my really cool fidget spinner. And these are available on Amazon at blank and every kid should have one. Um, Link in the description below. So, so, the, <laughs> so that marketing becomes really, a uh, uh, a way to, uh, kind of incorporate your products within the content. You have to provide something more. Your product mm-hmm. isn't enough to justify a uh, a whole following that 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 will be profitable. And I and I I assume is you'd agree with that that you couldn't just like put out an item and say we're going to build a community around this <clears throat> widget unless mm-hmm. it's like unless it's completely revolutionary of some sort of some sort of demographic um but yeah so content creation for me is interesting because there's a thing that i'd like to do and i may actually get to it and it would incorporate some of our products but they would be kind of background fodder uh for that um but it wouldn't be an it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be an active participant in in how we do what we do um only because the idea is it's it's better than any one of our products and it could be a thing i don't i don't know i don't want to say it right now because it's it's you you know know, it's something that you're still kind of hashing out well it's 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 not it's not just hashing out it's it's a matter of it's a matter of i've got a lot of things on my plate and i i really want to do everything that's on my plate but i I can't and some things have you know been backed up a little bit yeah things have more value than others and yeah you, you know and becoming a becoming good at business means to be recognizing what those valuable things are and what things will not be as valuable and moving on the things that are more valuable yeah so in and that's and that's one of those things is is sometimes um you know and i can think of a couple of makers and a couple of folks in our community that that like you had said um you know that had had gotten uh you know, had had gotten kind of started, and they made a thing, and then people liked the thing, and they made some more things, and then they made this other thing, and people liked that too, and all of a sudden, you know, they're contemplating uh, removing themselves from their nine to five because their things are doing well, and they were able to build up a business around, you know, working weekends, working nights, and things like that for people. So the the market kind of found them, and that's actually a good point to make is is when you have good stuff, you will find th- the patron. There there will be a guy, there will be a woman, there will be somebody that that will champion you because you 
because everybody loves the underdog. Everybody loves the guy that does this amazing thing or this great or better than normal thing. Uh, and they'll find you and they'll patronize you and they'll, they'll, they'll find that product important enough to talk about uh, to their friends. And you'll get a lot of business that way. So, you know, every customer could be your next knight in shining armor because they might be your best advertiser. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, in, uh, we're coming up here on a little over an hour at this point. So, uh, we got to start wrapping things up, but I mean, one of the, I mean, one of the be- best things you can do for, from a marketing standpoint is take care of people, take care of reasonable people. That's one of the things that, you know, I always, you know, I'm in a management role, so you know my job is basically by the time I'm talking to somebody, it's usually broken or you know needs some next level assistance. But you know, you you gotta take you gotta take reasonable requests from reasonable people and make reasonable accommodations. You know, and if so, I'm not a fan of the customer is always right. Um, I don't think that you know I don't like that idea because the idea that me and my customer are, are at odds with one another then. If we get to that point, we failed each other along the way. You know, we should both have common interests and common goals and be working towards those things. So if we're getting to a situation where we're battling back and forth and one of us has to be right and the other has to be wrong, that relationship failed a long time ago. You know, so I mean, that's <laughs> so if you can find a common interest with people and you do a good job for folks, I think that, you know, finding a niche for yourself or like I say, either finding something that no one else is doing and doing that thing or just doing the thing everybody else is doing a little bit better that's kind of the that's kind of the spot you got to find yourself you know and how to market that is you know like i said just do a good job for somebody ask them to tell somebody else and then get out there and grind after it i mean that's that's really the you know that that's sort of the underlying theme to pretty much everything we talk about you know the hard work trumps talent a hundred times out of a hundred amen yeah. I will take a guy that works his ass off over a guy that's really good at it and doesn't do that. You know, I mean, it's just hard work will, will beat talent a hundred times out of a hundred. And, um, you know, as far as marketing goes, you know, there's a ton of tricks and things that you can do, but if you don't make reasonable accommodations for reasonable people, um, you know, and, and try to do a good job, then, you know, you, you're wasting your time anyway. So that's, I think <laughs> if, if you guys take away anything from this podcast, I know this is not the most exciting topic. And, and if you made it through this whole podcast, good for you. Uh, but that was the most important thing that was said during this whole podcast. Hard work trumps everything. If you're not willing to jump out there and bust your butt to make it work, then you might want to rethink that quitting that day job. And I do mean bust your butt. I mean, if you want, I can edit the podcast down to just the intro and then three minutes. Hey, we spent an entire hour saying, you know, you really got to work hard if you want to make this work. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, episode three. We'll have episode three, which is an hour and 20 minutes. And then episode 3.1, which is just the abridged version. And that's <laughs> it's six minutes long. Right on. Perfect. So. <laughs> well, it's going to have to be nine minutes because we got to get the three-minute rant in there about the laser. Oh, yes. Yeah, we can't leave the laser out. actually obligated. Yeah, that's right. Because the guy owns a freaking laser, man. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Pew, well, pew. Y- you know, I, w- I was looking at a couple of other things, but we can get into that in another podcast. 
Let's do that. Well, <laughs> Let's do that. So, uh, well, listen, everybody, um, Izzy and Joel, thank you very much for thank you, Mike. the insights. Um, you know, I'd like to remind everybody that, you know, for people that don't know, I mean, you guys are very successful at what you do. Um, and, you know, from a personal level, when we were talking about doing this podcast, just the opportunity to be the first person to hear what you guys had to say was really the thing that kind of brought me to it. You know, so it was, um, I think it's a real treat that you guys are putting this kind of information out there and talking to folks. And I, I just, uh, you know, when you asked me if I wanted to do it with you, I, just, I, I said yes to being your first fan. So I appreciate all the insight and information that you give out, um, you know, and you do give it for free. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, there's plenty of people out there that would pay for the type of consulting that, you know, and in conversation that just took place. So it's uh, your your time is, is very much appreciated. I'm, I'm happy to speak for, you know, myself and others, I'm sure, uh, when I say that, you know, thank you very much for taking the time to put all this information out there. So, Mike, I just um, want to say thank you, and I'll slip you that 20 later. <laughs> Make sure you don't send it to the P.O. box this time. My <laughs> wife gets that. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Office address. Um, so, uh, Izzy, uh, real quick, where to? Uh, where do people find you? Um, give us the uh, give us the deets on how to get in touch with you. All things Izzy, IzzySwan.com. Yes. Joel. I, uh, I am currently at, uh, MD Woodshop on Instagram and, uh, you can always take a look at what we do for our products on, uh, missingdigitwoodshop.com. And as always, I don't have anything to promote. Just, uh, find us on the Twitters. Um, the website, uh, maybe I've said too much.com, a uh, good place to start off. And like I said, if you spell it wrong, we'll get you where you're going anyway. Um, was at maybe podcast so um let me see here i think that's pretty much it did i miss anything i think we got it maybe i've said too much well listen guys thank you so much for your time audience for the four or five of you that are still here we appreciate you listening the whole way uh next week we talk about baby seals or maybe i read that wrong but the episode four tune in anyway um and hit us up on the uh, Twitter with comments, questions, something you'd like us to bring up. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Oh, laughy boys, the pipes, the pipes are